Welcome to Bell with the Friends. <laughs> Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. I'm Anna and I love the scripts. <laughs> I'm Aline and I'm always trying to get Anna to speak up. Lots of people have tried to get me to speak up in my life, and none of them have succeeded. <laughs> well. They also try to get me to pick up my feet when I'm walking. Fortunately, you can tweak your audio in post-production. It's true. Every couple of weeks, we're going to get together and subtly encourage each other to speak up and chat about a pop culture topic or two, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. <laughs> this is episode 80 and we are already entertaining our very special guest as you can Yay. hear so today we have with us the beautiful lovely talented oh. charming annie cardi ya author podcaster redhead is there any better <laughs> triple threat out there right she's also a dog mom but we'll get to that later <laughs> we can we could do a whole podcast about <laughs> pictures of photo. We, we could. could. Welcome, Annie. Thank you so much for being with us. Yay. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm so, so excited to be on one of my very favorite podcasts. Oh, oh you. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I feel so excited. I'm like, oh, it's like I'm listening to a new episode, but I'm on it. I know, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So when it comes out, you're going to be like, I know this one already. Yeah, right. Never mind. No, all of the no, secrets. No, I'll be like, let me listen and laugh at all the things we say because we're so brilliant. We're hilarious. <laughs> yes, there is that. Annie's podcast is crossover appeal and she's going to talk about it. But oh my God, the most recent episode. <laughs> all the feel. <laughs> So yeah, you guys are in for a treat. If you don't know her already, you can hie thee to your podcast app of choice, and she'll give you the details later. Right. Today we are talking about, mm. well, we couldn't really figure out the best way to phrase it. <laughs> we we want to talk about things that everybody likes that we don't like. Or, or that we don't understand the appeal of or that we're not entirely on board for or any number of ways to phrase it and we want to preface the episode by saying there will be copious show notes that you can refer to if you want to track back and see what we listed that we don't like <laughs> please get in touch with us on twitter our non-recommendations, <laughs> our non-recommendations. we'll have a complete list oh. and we also want to say that we we say this with love and confusion that we are mostly just sort of saying, yeah, we just don't get it more than we think it's terrible or evil or anyone who likes it doesn't have great taste because we love you all and we respect your preferences. Right. right? And I'm pretty sure that we covered some of this ground at some point on this podcast before, but it's been a long enough time that... No one remembers. Not even me. Yeah, and what episode that was? The episode when she was. I'm a librarian, and I still can't find it. So, <laughs> yeah, it will never be found. It's lost to time. It's possible that I'll come across it any minute now during my <laughs> search, and I'll let you know. She's scrolling through she's the scrolling entire through everything. list of our show pages, and so she has to stop and admire all of our clever gifts and right? all the things and Aww. so on. So I thought that we would. Start kind of going around the table, and of course, our honored guest can begin. If you would like to share something that you 
You could even preface it like this particular thing I don't like or I think is weird or however you want to characterize it. So this, like a lot of my I don't get it for me comes from my husband, uh, Walt, who is also my fellow podcaster. And he's really enthusiastic about a lot of things and like <laughs> wants to share his love with other people, which is very nice, except I'm really obstinate and I'm like, don't make me like things. <laughs> so one and, and he's, he doesn't realize that maybe you have to start slow. And like one of these things was so there's this um, musical artist, singer, songwriter, Joanna Newsom, who like Walt thinks is just like this magical, brilliant singer and like loves her music so deeply like went to see her in concert and he was like oh let me show you or let me play for you some of her music and I felt like I was just terrified by the sound of her voice like <laughs> I, I would describe it for me as like if the little girl in the ring were like crawling out of the well singing like that's what it would sound like <laughs> Like, I, I, it's just a visceral reaction. Like, like if a tiny doll were haunted. And I want just, to play. Yeah. Oh, my God. And like, if I hear her songs done by other people, like, I'm like, oh, my God, these are just, like, really awesome lyrics. I feel that way about Bob people. Dylan. Oh, so, yeah, like, like people she, like with real, like, distinct voices. Like, you can go one, I think you either have to love them or hate them. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think I found it. Oh, good. What episode was it? So, episode nine. Oh! Anne Heathen gave us a question about how you handle recommendations that you don't really want to follow through on. There you go. (laughs) And we talked about what we love slash hate that everyone else hates slash loves. So. Oh, okay. So, episode nine. So, back to episode nine, December 2014. I feel like we're due for an update. Yeah, we'll link that in the show notes so you can go right back there if you want to. So, Joanna Newsom, I'm just going to throw Bob Dylan there as as my Uh reader's advisory. (laughs) Do you have anything specific you'd like to say about Bob Dylan? I like his songs when he doesn't sing them. Also, I think he's kind of a shady guy. Robert Zimmerman. seems like it. Yeah. So, on the topic of music... I am sort of ducking and covering as I prepare to say out loud that I've never understood the appeal of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, you know, it's because I, I love Bruce Springsteen, and then I brought him up to both of my parents separately within the last few years, and they were like, oh, yeah, I don't really like him. And I'm like, wait, where did this, that come from? But, like, I think it's, I don't know, maybe you can say more to his, his non-appeal for you. <laughs> Well, I, you know, and I mean, I know a lot of his songs. I grew up in the 80s. Born in the USA was a big deal. That oh, yeah. that tour. But was... you weren't. So maybe you therefore cannot. <laughs> oh, I, that's it. You, you think that my <laughs> my foreign birth has yeah. to do with yeah. my Bruce Springsteen So you Springsteen can't. Problem. There's no way. <laughs> you may be right. Um, so, but I like know that whole album. And I, I, I love... Frankie Goes to Hollywood's cover of Born to Run. (laughs) So maybe I just have like a big gay homo 80s thing going on. (laughs) Or maybe I honestly don't know because I mean, he's he's a great artist and he plays catchy tunes and he's super charismatic. And I I don't know. Maybe he's just too butch for you. He's too butch for me. (laughs) (laughs) He's not really that butch. 
Well, the so, kissing Clarence Clemens in every show. True, that's true. <laughs> so, does that make you like him any better? That um, string of pictures of him kissing. Yes, that <laughs> that Twitter Clemens. thread of pictures of them kissing totally boosted him. Because I made this list before I saw that thread. Because we we've been talking about this episode for a long right, time. Right, we had to marshal our list of things. <laughs> Yeah, it was like okay, we can't hate everything. No, so and I and you know, like I said, I don't hate him. I just don't have the passion for him that many women of my generation and even ten years younger do. I'm gonna and ten years older. I'm gonna take your mild disinterest and just raise it to the level of I never think of Bruce Springsteen at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the. That like uh, scene from Mad Men where someone's talking to Don Draper and they're like, oh man, it just must like burn you up when you think of me doing whatever. And he just is just like, I don't think of you at all. Right. Right. Like, yeah, it's just like the greatest burn. So sorry, Bruce. (laughs) Sorry, Bruce. I know that lots of people like you, so that's good. I'm happy for them. (laughs) Good for you. Good for them. So there you go. Like, especially for the the Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan combo, like, is it, is it part of the thing where it's like, it's, they're such huge cultural icons. Maybe. Like, they can't they might be live a little... up to that. Yeah, where it's like, they're just so ginormous and you're supposed to just be like, oh my God, their, their music is amazing and what a huge catalog. But it's like, maybe they're not so great for everybody, guys. So I feel like, so I don't know when... My theory before you started saying that you grew up with Bruce Springsteen, Alien, and don't care, <laughs> um, is that like sometimes when music it has to hit you at a certain age where uh-huh. you like absorb it and it becomes so like even if you didn't necessarily like it, it's a part of your, the fabric of your life, right? Part of the fabric of your life, so you're like that takes me back. But, right. But now you're saying you grew up with Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Spring. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. So, like, Kirsten and Jamie and her mom went to see him at the Tacoma Dome on the Born in the USA tour. I, like, have memories of this. And, like, Kirsten... But people, like, waving as they pulled out? Or... <laughs> no, but, I mean, I remember I remember this, like, being a super big deal. And Kirsten wearing that, like, concert shirt around. And, wow. you know, I don't think that she walked around with a hanky hanging out of her back pocket. Like, I walked around with a sequin glove on one hand, so... Right. Okay, so... Um, and I love Michael Jackson. Maybe that's a dichotomy. Maybe it's either or there. <laughs> Maybe so. You're, oh, it's like like Pepsi or Coke. Like yeah, you're either like, a Michael Jackson or a Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I know that it's definitely a thing with Elvis and the Beatles. And so maybe oh, that's yeah, the and case. the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Uh, yeah. yeah. So when you were talking about the cultural touchstone and the like really huge big deal, I don't eschew them all, you know? And I, I don't really, I don't really have any, I, I am about Bob Dylan the way you are about Bruce Springsteen, I guess. Sort of like they don't really, he doesn't really register for me, but I am totally on board with Elvis and the Beatles and Beethoven. I was was also going to, I'm just theorizing Uh further. I was going to theorize that Bob and Bruce are both dudes, so therefore (laughs) less interesting in general. But, you know, I like the Beatles. Yeah. A lot. Maybe it's easier if you're spreading the dudeness out over multiple people. guys. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Oh. But I think that was a saturation thing in my household. Like, right. we had the Beatles albums, and I watched Yellow Submarine a bunch. I don't know. 
Possibly. Maybe if Bruce Springsteen had an animated movie. Come on, Bruce. Are we he, sure he doesn't? I know we're not sure. I have okay. no idea. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce and probably Clarence. Some, like weird Saturday morning cartoon along with like the MC Hammer was. cartoon. Probably. You can't know. <laughs> I can. We looked at. We had that entire list of kid TV shows. Right. And I, oh, and he wasn't on there. You're right. You're right. <laughs> So I think it's back to Annie. Oh right, so taking this bringing it back to ride. Annie. If you if we've exhausted music or if you've got more no, music no, no, to we've add, we've exhausted Annie. these three. <laughs> I I feel like for um just kind of one other music thinking of like the generational thing. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I was like in middle middle schoolish age when grunge was around and like <laughs> I I like didn't get it. Sorry. This- I, the Seattle-based like person here oh, is having a yeah. <laughs> No, I know. I'm like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, all these kids are into, like, man, this, like, jumping around and wearing flannel and, and yelling music. And I was like, wow, everybody's really mad. And I think there's, like, the Hufflepuff in me. And I was like, that's that's what I've got to do to be cool and, like, alternative stuff. And, and then I was really relieved when, like, you know, pop music came in very hard. So I was like, oh, thank God. I can just be happy I, we now. We should maybe... I was trying to catch these visual... <laughs> the faces, faces that are being made. So <laughs> I... Oh, wait. Before you start, I have to say that I missed Grinch completely. Um, I just didn't know it was happening until it was over. So, so <laughs> I went to college Yeah. in Seattle Yeah. in 1988. Uh-huh. What are you saying? Does that have something to do with the topic? Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like you were grungy. Is that present. what you're saying? Grunge Central. I was present in clubs when like Courtney Love showed up and just took the stage in the middle of somebody else's set. <laughs> and um it was kind of a big deal. And, and we... I was like hearing stuff like that, I'm like, oh wow, that's amazing. Like as a like as a cultural thing. And I think I was just like real too early for it. Okay, yeah. Cause it was I mean, I went to, like, a party at another college, like, an hour away, and Nirvana was playing in somebody's living room. What? And it was... But we, we like, knew it was happening, too. It was kind of weird. Because I by the... At the beginning of college, that kind of thing was happening, where you would go to the student union and go to the four bands, four bucks event that had Tad and Nirvana and Mudhoney and somebody who I can't remember, but I have the flyer somewhere. And then by the time I was in graduate school, I saw, at the same school in Seattle, I saw Nirvana in like the biggest arena in town. Right, right. So it, so it like... all happened in this like really compressed time. But, you know, it wasn't just grunge. We wore flannel shirts all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Flannel is really awesome. I wore one yesterday, you know. Yeah, you wore a flannel shirt yesterday. So it's... It's super interesting. And then I went to the... What is... What is this? The Rock Museum in Seattle? You're asking me? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. The Experience Music Project. That's what it's called. Oh, wow. So it's this Frank Gehry designed building and it's... It's called the Experience Music Project, and it's not like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it's sort of this, like, music museum. And they have temporary exhibitions, and they also have permanent installations. And the first time I ever went, I was in my mid-30s after it had been 
built. And so it was 20 years down the line. And I'm walking through and it's taking you through all of pop music through the years. And then I walk up to this exhibition and it's treating grunge as history. And I was like, no, just no, <laughs> I'm leaving right now. And it was just kind of like the same thing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When I went there, when I was like 40 something, I saw the grunge exhibition and there was a poster for a show I had been at in the, ex ex oh, in the exhibit. And I was like, <laughs> so, sorry, uh, grunge is very important, Annie. <laughs> oh, no. I totally understand movement. that. Like, I, and I do, and I think that's one of the things where I'm like, it's not like I think like, oh wow, that's garbage music. I just remember being like, I don't like in the moment and mm -hmm. being like, I don't get this. Yeah. And yeah. like looking back, I feel like I can be like, oh yeah, this is like, again, like a, a musical style and a huge cultural moment. But I felt like like listening to it as a kid, it was just like. If, it hit me at the wrong time and I was like a real late bloomer. So like I had no idea what was going on. You just weren't um, mad enough yet. <laughs> I wasn't. I was like, I was wearing like JCPenney sweatshirts. I had no idea what to do with my life. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, so I didn't really mean to digress like that. Yeah, you did. No. You couldn't help it. Sorry. I couldn't help it. That's that, the thing. I feel like that, that is actually like real awesome 90s stories though. Yeah. You've You're welcome. Ninety story content, old lady stuff. It's, it's hard to remember <laughs> that far back. I know, really. right? Especially I bet with inflation, gotten... it's now four bands for forty dollars. Oh my goodness, at the minimum. <laughs> <laughs> so you, have, Annie, have provided me with an important segue, oh, yeah. which is into something that actively makes me recoil and click away. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. And that is when people sort things into Harry Potter houses. Oh, right. Interesting. You referenced your house, and Anna just about got up and left the table. <laughs> oh, no. I, if you guys, like, decide, like, we need to end this podcast and now, we're done. like, I will let no, it stand. fine. And, and I, don't, I don't feel as strongly about people self-identifying, having sorted themselves or whatever, or accepted the consensus of someone else sorting them. I don't know. It's when they take some other product, like, it's like a television show. Right, exactly. I house. do not care, nor <laughs> am I interested. Click away. Close. Do you, do you have that feeling about other sorting, like like Myers-Briggs thing? Like, would you sort I the like... DuckTales characters into those? No, I mean, so there was a guy, Mighty God King, used to put characters from something into lawful evil, lawful good, all oh, the... Yeah. And I appreciated that. It was this nice, tidy nine things, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm a little bit old for, like, growing up with Harry Potter, mm. like I was in a grown-up working when most of them came out, or all of them. <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, well, some of the time I was a grown-up, not working and he's unemployed <laughs> so right so I wasn't like you know I wasn't identifying hardcore with the kid characters and I feel like if I read them again I would be definitely more with the professors <laughs> anyway <laughs> so th this is this is a thing in in our household and it is definitely a generational thing because people of Annie's generation sort enthusiastically and 
indiscriminately <laughs> in all kinds of areas or very discriminatingly. Right. Um, and, you know, everybody knows Anna's a Gryffindor and I am a hey. Ravenclaw. And, <laughs> and she, she can acknowledge that while not wanting anyone to sort anything. But she's, you should see the phases she's making. We really should be doing this on video. <laughs> So I understand it as a metric people use to make sense of things and to map something onto something else. And if you were doing reader's advisory and someone said, I really like characters featuring Ravenclaws, you could use it to to recommend things to them if you understood what the essence of Ravenclaw is. However, I don't care that much about Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, but just like Annie said, with the different, like the Myers-Briggs things, like when you when you get to know someone, you're like, okay, they're loud or quiet, or they're outgoing, or they're less outgoing, or they like tortilla chips or cookies, or there <laughs> or are a whole, a whole lot of different things where people uh, sort of like fall into your categories. And the Harry Potter books provide definitely provide a shorthand for a generation that is a little obscure to me. Like, I, you know, I don't remember what the Hufflepuffs are. I know the Slytherins are bad and the Gryffindors <laughs> are pure and good and the Ravenclaws are smarter, but I don't remember what the Hufflepuffs That's are. That's what everyone would say about Hufflepuffs, except for the Hufflepuffs. That Ray-ray. nobody remembers what the Hufflepuffs are. See? And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, and Annie. The Hufflepuffs are just screaming in the corner. Nobody's no. like, where is No one understands us. Yeah, like, for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously I'm a Hufflepuff, Clearly. like, a, you know, adorable little hard workers. Who, like, <laughs> oh, are they hard working? Yeah. Oh, okay. And also, right. it's kind of like, I think it's supposed to be like the inclusive house, because it's like, hey, if you want to be, hang out with us, you can come hang out with us. Uh... But yeah, all the, I feel like so much of it is like conjecture, because almost none of the books go into... Like what, what these other right, houses are. Right, right. It's true. So, like, it's true. It really. Yeah. It, I think it mostly comes from like the fan community. Right. So and it's so, not even like, did you read the books? But it's like, were you online during that time? And no, theater? I wasn't. And then no, I'm not in on that joke. And <laughs> yes, that does make me mad. And yes, I will, I will roll my eyes and move on. <laughs> so, um, some. So this is great. Annie provided the segue, and if either of us had a sort of like cultural zeitgeist that we didn't subscribe to. I, um, (laughs) mine, I'm looking at my list and the only thing I can see on my list that really sort of matches is that I am really not on board with, I don't know, what do you want to (laughs) do? Because I have never in my life not known what I wanted to do. Oh, yeah. And so when I'm having a conversation with someone or a group of people and there starts to be some discussion of maybe where we're going to go eat or what we're going to do next or something and someone's like, I don't know, what do you guys want to do? I'm like, okay, well, we're going to go get pizza and then we're going to go to this museum and then we're going to take the train and we're going to go to this museum and then we're going to all go home and we're not going to have to deal with this anymore. (laughs) 100% on board with that. Like... I, I love having plans, and it's like if someone doesn't know, then it's like great, you just lost your vote. I'm yeah. not like I'm, I'm this, not playing that game. This sounds good to me. We can hang out anytime. Hundred percent agreement. <laughs> and it's totally fine if you want to do something different. I'll be like, okay, I'm willing to do that, or yeah. I might try to convince you to do the thing that I want to do. But just have something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, or just be like, oh, great, that that your plan sounds perfect. 
Yeah. Like, it's the people yeah. that go along with your plan after they say, I don't care what we do, and then clearly did have an opinion, oh, and yeah. didn't say it, and are not having a good time, and that's even worse. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. A thing. That's a thing. Yeah. It's like the, the biggest passive-aggressive social behavior. Yeah. We're not into that. Yeah. No. So. Shut that down. So do you have a sort of culturally <laughs> sort of thing or or do you you can say anything and change us? I have another one. When, when Wait, no. An, okay. <laughs> you don't have one, Annie. Anna has another one. <laughs> um, I maybe it's not so much a cultural thing, but I guess like in terms of group activities, uh, karaoke, I have a really terrible singing voice and I don't like standing in front of other people. Okay. Doing things. Yeah. So it's like two panics form one giant panic. And everybody's like, oh, this is such a fun thing. We go and we stand in front of strangers and we sing. And I'm like, that's actually a nightmare. Yeah, that's That's not fun at all. No, like who decided that would be a good idea? We went to Margaret's karaoke birthday party but we didn't feel pressured to sing at all. Fortunately, it was a gathering of 7,000 people right. so, in a room but, where we all knew and was, loved Margaret. Right. But it was it was a near thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I never met a captive audience I didn't like. And I think that karaoke is the zenith of horror. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I want to like trap people and make them listen to me and I don't sing I don't sing well and I have a karaoke song but I still think the karaoke is the worst sorry Amanda it's horrifying. Oh <laughs> right well Amanda's a singer right <laughs> people who are singers may be more naturally inclined toward karaoke yeah yeah possibly and I'm very happy to go with people and applaud like I'm a really mm-hmm. good like a plotter yeah but don't but pressure like, me to sing yeah oh exactly no and don't even put me in a situation where it's like oh we're just gonna go and the expectation is there nope. yeah, but you no. have to specifically say you don't have to sing you can make sure to just sit at the table and applaud at appropriate points we would love your help selecting songs for us to sing yeah I do recommend there is a piano bar on the Upper East Side in New York called Brandy's, and it is filled with off-duty Broadway people, and there's a a guy playing the piano all night long, and he can sing, and he takes requests, and usually there's like a friend in the crowd who'll take the mic, but it's like a sitting-around sing-along kind of thing. So he'll start singing something because he's talented and beautiful, but everybody like sings along and it's a big massive crowd of like no spotlight action. That is almost okay. It is super fun. And I'm, I'm with you that it's totally fine that it just sounds almost okay to you. (laughs) But it's, it's, it is like, it's like what karaoke ought to be in my heart because it's all singing to Hamilton in the darkened room. It's just like singing, like I grew up singing in church and it doesn't matter if you can sing or not. And like, you can just kind of blend in. Right. And you've heard my voice. You know that I'm better in a crowd. <laughs> I respectfully pass on to the next subject. Right. See? And you have to listen to me sing all the time. I don't want sweet music to my ears. <laughs> you elect to listen. Right. <laughs> then you have to listen to me. So. What was your other cultural okay, thing? Okay, so. I don't like the fact that in this country... We start the week on Sunday. 
<laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I'm looking at the calendar. The calendars are all wrong. Because <laughs> they start the week on Sunday. I asked little G what days are in the weekend. And he was like, Saturday and Sunday? And I was like, great. So that's the weekend. So when does the week start? And he was like, Mom. <laughs> I was like, that's right. It starts on Monday because Sunday is part of the weekend. <laughs> I trapped you. So, yeah. I, I am fully on board with that, too. Like, that when you say weekend, it's Saturday, Sunday. Ending means it's the end of the thing. Right. Yes. And also, the calendars that are hanging on the walls in our houses are set up. They really throw me off. (laughs) They throw you off. But when, so this is, here's an advertisement for bullet journaling, y'all. You can draw your calendar however you you want. want. My boss was looking over my shoulder and he was like, oh, you have the week starting on Monday. And I was like, yeah, I do. (laughs) So, but this is my, um, my advertisement. So at Muji, they have these little post-it weeks like little weeks that you can write in what's happening on on the day of the week. Only that if I, you write very very small. Yeah, they're very tiny, but they're but the week starts on Monday, <laughs> and that's all that matters. And if you do a week on a page calendar, most week on a page manufactured calendars do a Monday start, even if they have like a monthly page that has a Sunday starting grid. The week on a page starts with Monday, and then the weekend is at the bottom. So that's not that deviant. <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to say that I recently received a Harry Potter like um, calendar planner thing <laughs> and it starts on Monday. So there you go. Harry Potter, not so bad after all. <laughs> <laughs> Look at our minds being changed in Yay, the course of opening. recording. <laughs> are, are we ready for a segue for Annie? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to segue into something that is a dark deep shame for me. This is No like shame, no shame. Confession time. So I don't like cheese. Wow. Like, yeah, right. Uh, you're you're fine with me. Yeah, Anna claims she doesn't like cheese, but she eats cheese every day. So <laughs> but, we're okay. going to explore but, that. Yeah, go ahead, Annie. <laughs> So, like, I, I have, like, large issues with dairy, and not because I'm allergic, but just because I'm a real picky person. And I I feel like all the time, people will be like, oh, here's, you know, you go to someone's house, and it's like, here's cheese and crackers. And I, like, I have to awkwardly just eat the crackers and Been hope there. that they're not... Yeah, right? I'm just like, I'm just going to pretend that this is a, exactly... A really good cracker. Like, yeah, wow. Can I have, I love a, these, can I have a drink, please? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't need anything on top of these crackers. (laughs) I just like, oh, I feel like it's real, like, stinky and has, like, a weird aftertaste. Yeah. But I like, like, pizza and stuff. Like, cheese can be a thing that exists within other things, but it can't be the showpiece. And I can never, like, have it on its own. I will eat, like, three kinds of cheese. And that's pretty much no four kinds of cheese. And that's pretty much it. Are you gonna which tell can, us which ones? Yeah, which which are your cheeses? I eat cheddar. Yes. I eat mozzarella. Yes. Yes. Mostly on pizza, not by itself. Although maybe with some tomato and basil. Yeah, you'll do a caprese. I'll eat Havarti. <laughs> that's just like a reminiscent thing, right? <laughs> and I will eat 
like provolone or something on French onion soup, whatever they put on it, whatever they say to put on it. Usually. Okay. Huh. And then, oh, you put stuff on the nachos that isn't any of those things. Yeah, I use jack cheese on nachos that I forced Anna. But it's very mild. It's like a provolone. So it's a mild thing. I yeah. I don't like any cheeses that have any real flavor. Yeah, right. I put crumbled I... gorgonzola on our salads, and Anna is always putting <laughs> the pieces of it that she deems yep. too large onto oh, my plate. Totally. <laughs> yep. But then it's like you're, she's giving you the extra cheese. Right. It's yeah. a there generous thing. There you go. It is, it is a loving act. <laughs> Yeah, um, so that's. I'm glad that I can share this this deep dark. You secret. can. I don't like uh, macaroni and cheese at oh, all. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Uh... <laughs> it's like, what is macaroni done to deserve this? Uh, little G's favorite thing is macaroni and cheese, and so I make it for him like once a week, at from least. a box. I mean, oh. I don't, and he seems to like the way I make it, even though it's decidedly haphazard. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't even know what this he should stopped, be. He stopped offering it to me because he used to, you know, when he was like two or three, he'd be like, oh, some oh. for you. And I would be like, oh, 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 no, thanks. I'm okay. not hungry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this adorable Moppet was trying to give you the thing he loves most. I know. I know. But he always liked to drown it in ketchup. So it's even grosser. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> So I love cheese and I love mac and cheese and I'm okay with that. I have gotten, I, I, something about being old is, or something like, I really don't care if Anna eats something that I make. (laughs) It's totally fine for her not to like something that I love. It doesn't have anything to do with whether um, she likes me or not. So it it took me, and it took me a long time to get there. So thanks. Good job. <laughs> right? Also, I've eaten the things you've made. So well, maybe. You, you taste things that I've made, but it's totally fine if you don't like them, you know? And But there are things that I'm like, should I make that again? And you'll say yes, or you'll say no. And I put cheese in things that I cook. That's true. Um, so, you do. So that's cool. My thing that I don't really like. Now, I will preface this by saying I am far more... I have far more of a savory palate than a sweet tooth, mm-hmm. which is not to say that I don't eat candy and sweet things. Everybody's going to be like, you love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups more than life. And I'd be like, yes, I do. However, if you gave me a Swedish fish, I would slap you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, kinda, I really would just love to see that play out, frankly. <laughs> and But the thing that I put on my, and so there's like lots and lots of candy that I'm like, if it's not chocolate, it's not worth it or yeah, whatever. Right. But the thing that I put on my list is um, is s'mores. Because people seem to pretty uniformly adore s'mores because there are so many wonderful associations around them. And I love to burn things in the backyard. And I love (laughs) to, like, stick, put things on a stick and, like, burn them or toast them or whatever in the flames or in the embers. Maybe you should just put a peanut butter cup on a stick. Yeah, so right. we, I, we, and I think we made a s'more with a Kit Kat or yeah, with a peanut did. butter cup or something. I don't really Kat. like marshmallows, and so that yeah. might be the root of this. But I'm just like not that into it, and so we'll have a fire in the backyard, and Aunt will be like, "Ah, oh, s'mores," and you know, I'll eat like one a summer. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Like, maybe if we um, if we melted a Kit Kat and then spread peanut butter on it and put it in graham crackers. I don't With know. no marshmallow. I don't, you know, I don't know. We might have to experiment. It's not something that we need to remedy. I mean, 
I don't care if you want to eat s'mores. I just like toasting marshmallows. Right. And I and I totally like making fires. I mean, I'm always like the fire master. So that's cool. And there's another window oh. into my soul. <laughs> right? I feel like marshmallows have a real weird texture. Like, I, I am good with s'mores now, but it took me, like, a long, long time. Yeah. That might be, I mean, that might be part of it. Because I don't like the gooey middle. Like, every now and yeah. then I'll, like, toast a marshmallow and I'll pull off the toasty bit yeah, and eat yeah. it and give somebody else the gooey bit. No, you <laughs> put the gooey bit back in. And, and toast, toast it, it again. again. Oh, okay. So maybe that's it. So, um, I feel like that's un-American. Like, my list says Bruce Springsteen s'mores. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be deported. <laughs> you can You can take us with you. <laughs> Oh, do we have any other food product mm, things? I can't that we read what cover? this says. It starts with an H. So H. maybe. Honey? Hanger. Heron? Hor- Heron. Hex. Heron. Okay. So uh, <laughs> moving right along, do you have anything that you would like to segue, Annie? I think, okay, so the summary thing, walking barefoot in the grass, I feel like it sounds like such a lovely summary thing to do, <laughs> but just like I, my feet cringe at the thought of that. Oh I my really god. Enjoy, like shoes. I hate dirt. I yeah. hate bugs. Yeah. I don't oh want to be no. barefoot. I don't right. want to touch nature. No. <laughs> I'm glad that nature's there. Like I'm very glad that it exists. I don't want to like, touch why? it. No, especially with my feet. Like no. Feet are private. <laughs> okay, weirdos. <laughs> I'm glad you're finding your common ground. I keep my socks and shoes on all the time, but I will walk outside without shoes. Yeah. My mom did it all the time. She had like leathery feet from like just walking around without shoes all the time. And I didn't, I don't want to get there. Hobbit. Yeah. She was like a hobbit. So yeah, I don't, mm, I don't like dirt. It's true. I know. And so my, my thing is, my thing is not like a sort of like texture of the, the toes and the grass or anything like that. Cause I like walking on the beach barefoot, but it has to be yeah. like the right beach. It has to be the I uninhabited like coast of Washington beaches. state. It sure as heck can't be any of these East coast beaches with a million people on them and all of their <laughs> cigarette butts. Oh yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't like finding like things that shouldn't be there. No, like that's no, that's awful. That's a whole, that's a legit awful thing though. I don't think anybody is like, man, no. I just love finding all <laughs> really like this condom wrapper. <laughs> what a beautiful day at the beach. Yeah. Not so much. I'm going to have to clean that up. I don't have any summary things. I just have when people change display names on Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's seasonal oh, though. Yeah. I, I feel like I can never figure out what name is what and then I like will try to look people up because they shared like an interesting article or something and I'm like oh I know it was this person but then I don't remember what their names are right yeah I don't know who that is the seasonal changing and even like Anna changed her name to an Amazon (laughs) not too long ago and I'm like I still don't know who's talking to me on Twitter (laughs) yeah sorry and I click in and it's like oh it's Helga Grace okay I know her so the but the the Halloweeny ones and the Christmassy ones are 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 super confusing, and that is a seasonal thing. You know, I don't really know what I I don't have anything seasonal that would relate to the grassy toes thing. That's all right. Yeah. Do you, Sometimes we just don't have a transition. No. I yeah, that's okay. Do you have anything next, Annie? I have a, another kind of opposite seasonal thing. <laughs> 
so I, I have been ranting about how I don't like Christmas cards and I'm a total Grinch because I feel like I just get a bunch of them in the mail and then I, I don't have anywhere to put them and I don't know what to do with them so they immediately go in the recycling but then I feel guilty about it so I'm like oh yay someone sent me this thing and it's a picture of their family into the garbage with you <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I feel like I feel bad about doing it but I'm like I'm not gonna let you clutter my house that's good she says, so. looking at the pile of holiday greetings yeah, on the really. piano. We, uh, I have seen people that put them in their tree when oh. they get them. Oh, yeah. That's nice. So that's a, that's that a, is true. That's that is a, a place idea. to put them, just for the that's season, a, and then you recycle yeah. them. And that's that's a, a designated holiday space. Yes, we send a New Year's card because we're uh, non-denominational and prefer <laughs> that to Christmas. I like the idea of New Year's cards. And that seems more appropriate because you're like, you're starting a new year. Congratulations, everyone. Right. But we won't send you a card because we don't want you to immediately recycle it. <laughs> no, did we send her one? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's good to know. See, that was why I was thinking that maybe we should like offer people a DM of our holiday greeting. Yeah, that's true. We could. Just... That would be fine. Because yeah. then I'm not like. I holding it over the recycling and feeling guilty as I let it go. Understood. Right. No, um, that's, that's relatable. Do you have anything like that? No, I don't have anything. Most I have left are books. Yeah. And I have, I have a bunch of book-related stuff and show. I have a TV thing. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Let's, let's get into the medias. Okay. So okay. TV. So TV. Do you want to start Annie? Oh, sure. So actually one big thing that I've been thinking of recently is this is us, which <laughs> like, all these people in my office were watching and they were like, oh my God, it's so good. I just cry every episode. And my mom was like, this show is amazing. And I started to watch it. And like the only brother I liked was the the adopted brother. And then <laughs> I was like, I don't care about the rest of you. Is that Sterling like, K. Brown? Yeah. And I was like, I just want his storyline. And I was like, why am I wasting like 45 other minutes? So we haven't um, seen the show. But we did watch the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes, so we know that Sterling K. Brown is on the show, and we like him. Yeah, we he's think he's great. awesome. And yeah, and like Mandy Moore is on it. I like really? her a whole lot. Huh. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she likes. I know that she's married Mariano. to Milo Ventimiglia. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but we saw the previews for it. We saw like nine thousand previews for it before it came on, and we every time we were like, nope, nope. <laughs> And everybody like, talks I, about it. They're like, oh it, like you. you said, oh my God, I love the show. I cry every time. I'm like, that's no. not what I'm looking for. No. <laughs> also, you probably won't cry every time because it's like emotional manipulation. Well, I it's just emotional like, manipulation, but it's also like, I don't want to cry. Oh, oh, totally. <laughs> if I cry, I am so mad that I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only TV show I cry at is called The Midwife. Oh my gosh. So call me the midwife. Thanks for the segue. Oh, never. Never. <laughs> I watched an episode of it with my mom because my mom was watching it and I would and she loves it. And I'm watching it and I'm going, Why do people watch this? All it is is women in pain and dying and babies dying and then there's some more women dying and everyone's in pain and none of them have birth control and none of them have agency over their bodies and why? Okay, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of gynecology, so I was like, oh man, 
I sure do want a, a show about old school gynecology. Oh my god. And I, you know, I've read think pieces about how it's really addressing the plight of women in the 20th century and so on and so forth. And I'm like, I no, I don't know. It's like I fast forward. We can watch The Handmaid's Tale instead. Right, right. No, I've, I've already <laughs> no. Wow, I didn't even have column and wife on my list. No, you do. You can add it. I can add it. Do you have a TV? I, I just have my so-called life, because. Huh. I think it was on MTV when I was in college or right before I was in college or yeah, something. you're totally the right age for my so-called right. life. But, and I, I like, after the fact, watch a few episodes and I just, uh, I don't care. I don't relate. I listen to Extra Hot Great and they're always, like, talking about it. And I'm like, okay. I still don't. <laughs> still, there's nothing. I feel nothing. <laughs> like, I remember when that was on and, like, being slightly younger for it and that was one thing that I like did really enjoy even though I was a little younger and I think it it was the kind of thing where I saw it like as a middle schooler and thinking oh this is high school this is so powerful and meaningful and this is what my life is going to be and then like re-watching it as an adult I'm like Jordan Cavallano is a jerk and he can't can't even read so what are we gonna do but I think like it just that was one of the things that like hit me exactly at the right time and I think if I were outside of that time I don't I would not have been as into it yeah yeah I think it's one of those extremely specific things definitely like ABC after school specials for me (gasps) oh (laughs) man I never watched them yeah (laughs) my TV things are we've done we did an entire episode on reality TV, so we know my stance on reality TV. <laughs> um, and then, and this is sort of semi-shared, we watched three episodes of Broad City, and it wasn't speaking to us very much. Nope. I've seen, like, a, I feel like the same kind of thing. I've seen a few episodes and just, like, have not felt like I was going to fall, da- fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I just not our brand of humor. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It was more like people being extremely uncomfortable, making an obnoxious. Oh, yeah. and there, it's the uncomfortable thing. There are thing plenty that of work for us. real things like that. We don't really need any more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I think like the uncomfortable TV genre, like it, it really works for some people, but like super does not for me. Yeah, in yeah. So I know that I know a lot of people who really like it and. Good for them. I'm glad they... Yeah. And I'm glad it's for good, the creators they that they have, have their power to create their art. I want there to be lady-centric stuff. Yeah. I yeah. I am pro-lady-centric sure. stuff, and I want there to be lady-centric stuff that speaks to all the different ladies, because you know what? Very We're not true. all the same. What? Very cool. Yeah. Some of us are tall, and some are short. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. That's it. That's really Tall it. Tall ladies, short ladies all around. That's it. There's a picture book about it. <laughs> <laughs> a couple pages. It's pretty short. It's very short, like the ladies. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, there could be like a short lady picture book and then a tall lady it picture book. It could be like Mr. Horrible and Miss, you know, the picture yeah, the books. Little Miss, Little, Little Miss, Miss Bossy. Nobody. And Miss, oh, yeah. Mr. Right and, yeah, Mr. Whatever Happy. Happened to those. <laughs> I remember those. 
Um, yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't really have a lot to say. No, about it. I've... I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just sort of missed the boat on it. Broad City's definitely. I'm too old for that. I think it's super specific to like a, you said this before, like a living in a big city, hustling, not having a lot to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like they should go get real jobs and... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and there are characters Grow like up. that. I review women's fiction, and I'm an old woman now, and so I spend time identifying with the mother in the young women in their 20s figuring themselves out books. And I have real varying patience with them, in, depending on yeah. some of the... I mean, we all make bad decisions throughout our lives. It's not a growing up thing, but there is a particular set of bad decisions that young women make <laughs> that are just not as interesting to old women. <laughs> and I, I feel like those are like not even all the bad decisions that young women make. Like, I think that's a very specific kind of like fictional bad decisions made by women category yeah versus like which I in my like late teens 20s I could never really relate to it's again like you could just get a normal job right and you know maybe don't make trash relationship choices all the time right hashtag judge face <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're right and there are a lot of people like I you know I lived my life and I like went to college and I I went to graduate school and I became a librarian and I had a job and I did all of this stuff and that's sort of what I thought I was supposed to do and I thought that everybody was supposed to do things in a certain way and so there there are these mindsets that we have for good or ill I don't I'm not advocating that you have a mindset that everything be the way you are promise <laughs> but no. I but I I know that like when I'm like you don't run up credit cards when you don't make enough money to pay them off <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that's like my and big it, one in the coming of age early 20s yeah. woman and I feel like that's a thing that in the coming of age early 20s woman genre like is implied to be a normal thing and it's like okay well no some people do that like that's a, a real thing that happens but it's not just you're in your 20s and it's what you do no no Thank you. Thank you for this. Yeah. I appreciate this, Annie. I feel much better. But <laughs> yeah, I feel less no. alone. <laughs> Very much on board with that. I think in in a similar vein, I, I'm real not on board with Bridget Jones and that whole thing. That was one of my books that I cannot understand and do not understand the movies, I think, for very similar reasons. Just it, the combination of intense awkwardness and then someone making bad decisions in their, like, 20s, 30s, beyond, and just being like, nope, I am not on board with any of this. Anna is looking speculatively at the ceiling. Are you pro-bad decisions? No, I just like Colin Firth. <laughs> he's great on his own. Yes, he's very nice. He's like a big cat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then, um, oh, Gaius Baltar was in the movie. <laughs> I did not like the last Bridget Jones movie. Is that where she has, has a baby? Yes, yeah, with... the baby, and she's like, oh, I'm going to do a DNA test, and I'm just going to stay oh, with whoever's God. the dad. Yeah, right? Yeah, no. No, we no. didn't like that. I remember no. we talked about that on the podcast. We did. We talked about how it's possible to have three threesomes now, and you can just go ahead and do it. <laughs> Right? And Patrick or, Dempsey or seems totally into Colin Firth. Is into you. Yeah. Right. I would like to see a Patrick Dempsey, Colin Firth movie in which they're just like married and 
okay. like have, have some kind of funny problems. Yeah, sure. They should, and they have a teenage daughter. Oh, they totally do. Yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> and she's gay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I really like this story. I, I am gonna write. You're this the name. author, but so like neither one of them ever did anything sporty, and she is like a soccer star. Okay. Yes, but they're they're supportive, but they just don't really get it. Right. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. I'm okay. Can the coach be yeah. the girl from Bend It Like Beckham? Sure. Uh, okay. Thanks. What's her name? The um. Uh, Jess, Nagra, the yeah. I love. Oh, that would be so exciting! Right? It would be like the, the next generation. Of yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. This is a great <laughs> like Beckham fanfic for writing. It would be perfect. I'm gonna segue us to the Fault in Our Stars, <laughs> and okay, yep. and any books that have cancer in them at all. <laughs> I don't like them. I'm not on board. I don't want to read them. Moving on. <laughs> I. In, in terms of very popular books of the recent years, I'm going to go on Gone Girl and just was not a huge fan of that at all. That's a... Did you just... Oh, you marked up The Fault in Our Stars. I have historically not been interested in blockbusters because I don't You're much need too good to for know that. about them because they're <laughs> the things that patrons are going to come in and ask for and I need to know about things that are smaller, quieter, lesser, and still relatable. So I have often made a, a decision not to consume something that was seizing the universe. I postponed things in this I'm gonna totally date myself like I didn't read Angela's Ashes until the movie came out but it was like the biggest thing when I was a baby librarian and then like the Da Vinci Code I didn't read that until the movie came out or and I don't read things that are made into movies as a policy I just happen to like have this sort of five-year moratorium (laughs) I did read the girl with the dragon tattoo stuff on a book thing in general I hold no truck with literary fiction (laughs) Right on. <laughs> and I am not ashamed of this. And, you know, I am open with my patrons who come in and ask for miserable things. And they're like, oh, did you like it? Because, of course, they come in and they're like, I'm looking for that book by that guy. And I'm like, yeah, you want this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, did you read them? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I read I read a lot of different stuff, but this just really isn't in my wheelhouse. And usually I can just move them along from that conversation. But, yeah, No. I had one of my, I, I handed a book to one of my patrons and she was like, tell me how it is. And I said, what? I was hoping you would tell me how it is. <laughs> so she checked it out. Oh, yeah. well then it, then it made her feel like she was included. Right. Yeah. And I have, I have a couple of patrons who I give, get, I get galleys in the mail and I give them to, I have a horror reader. She started out asking me for horror and I gave her Joe Hill and stuff. And then she is, has segued into sort of like lady thrillers and stuff too and she has like really specific tastes and she's really sensitive and she'll take anything and she'll come back to me and she'll be like I read the first three pages and there was no way and she tells me about them which is really great and I have another one who really her husband is like that librarian has you pegged she knows you love a dysfunctional family can I give her some things that have I mean literary fiction 
yeah. dysfunctional families oh, yeah. go hand in hand. Right. And this reader, you know, this reader is like so delighted to get her hands on my galleys and she has a reading, reading friends. And so she passes them along and I'm right. really glad to feed them into the ecosystem. So that's a thing. And the other, the other bookish thing that I don't really like or care for and here is where it's all going to come crumbling down yeah. around me. We're going to turn the podcast off oh, after man. that. Right? I don't like to buy books. That That's legit, man. I... Like, I, <laughs> on, I mostly get books from the library. Anna buys books as um, a political act, and I am grateful for this because, you know, she, we have authors that she buys their books on the day they're released, and she pre-orders things, and we... Our household supports the ecosystem. I was raised by a librarian and we moved a lot when I was little. And so we didn't have like a house full of bookcases because my mom went to a library every day and I go to a library every day. And I mean, I have two. You uh, have books. How many many shelf feet are my bookcases? (laughs) Six (laughs) times three. So, So I have like 36 shelf feet up there. And they're crammed. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I have more books than that, but it's, it's just like not a thing. That's like a, that's like a holding area. And if I read a book, I get rid of it because the books that I own are books I haven't read. But you haven't read any books that we have in this house. No, because the books in the house are insurance against house arrest. Right. Okay. But I learned when, because I broke my knee and I didn't go anywhere for six weeks I learned that that was not what was going to happen because I spent those six weeks partially on painkillers and fully oh. on Netflix. Right. 100% right on. on Netflix. You know, all I did was watch schlocky TV shows like Eureka and Warehouse 13. I did not read any of the insurance against house arrest. <laughs> so <laughs> it's think, all a farce. So in my, in my household growing up, we had so many books. So many books that my mom would sometimes buy a book at a used bookstore and then come home and be like, oh, I already had that book. (laughs) So part of what I have here in the holdings, I was like, left over from that. But Mm -hmm. I was able to, earlier today, we were, (laughs) last night we were talking about the the Shoes books by Noel Streetfield. Oh, yeah. And I went up to my holdings and I was like, these are the ones that we have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I like to have stuff so I can put my hands on it and be like... Little G, here's a book about arms and armor that I read when I was your age. Aww. Here you go. <laughs> and so and so I don't have that, but I do have, I mean, but I live here. And so when my good friend says to me, oh, uh, you know, I was, I have a, a friend who reads a lot more along the lines of what Anna reads than, than what I read. And I was expressing my condolences to her over our loss of Ursula K. Le Guin this week. And I said to her, so do you have anything that you would suggest? Because this this friend reads science fiction and fantasy, but she also knows me super well, and she's really good at putting stuff into my hands that I will love. And so she told me a title, and I said, oh, hey, Kelly says I should read this. And Anna's like, yeah, we've got that. <laughs> so it's <laughs> perfect, because she can just pluck it off the shelves, and I don't have to, like, get it an overdue from the library or anything. <laughs> right. But yeah, I like to buy. I have been buying more ebooks because they take up less space. Yeah. And so Eileen had the Hate You Give checked out, and I was like, "We own that on. It's on the iPad, so you can t- you can pr- put it back 
in the ecosystem and someone else can read it. As someone else in the ecosystem who has that on, on hold right now, yeah. I thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And um, I had just pulled it off the shelf. It was sitting on the shelf in my library. Yeah. So. Oh, man. That's kind of shocking, actually. I mean, I'm in, like, the Minuteman system, so right, it's, like, right. Right. a bunch of people. I think it's possible that it was still in holds protection. So, mm. like, we have, like, a six-week interval where we keep stuff on our shelves or for holds for mm. our patrons, and then it'll go back. It'll Sometimes go out there's a tiny the window where there's just a copy on the shelf before it gets snagged again. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible, too. We had so. one, too. That's everything on my list. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know how long Annie's more? list is. It could be... Really long. All oh, right. Hello. Do you have a lot more on your list, Annie? I I do have more things because I judge a lot of things. I have Excellent. two. I have two I, more things. So you go. Okay. I'll pay. I'll pick two more because some of these it's like like bananas. Like screw bananas. I don't need to say more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally finding a banana gif, and that's going to be the headline <laughs> of this episode. Oh, <laughs> you can just at the end you can just list off any you didn't get to without okay, explanation. Cool. <laughs> I'll go with um, so right now uh, video games, not because I don't think that they're worthwhile or fun for people. I just like I really enjoy winning and I don't want to have to work at it. (laughs) (laughs) This is so relatable. (laughs) So like, you know, my Walt will be like playing a game and he'll like learn how to play it and then like learn the ways to advance and he'll get all the way through and it's very satisfying to him because he's like learned how to do it. Whereas I'm just like, I want to walk through it and not have anyone hurt my character. So I can like, it's almost like I just want to live the story instead of having to like learn how to it live it and then like fail what a lot. you need is a book. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Oh my goodness. Or maybe a movie. <laughs> I video games sound great, but but what you really want is a book. I yeah. feel you. I am the kind of old where people went to arcades and stuff when I was in junior high and high school, and that was a thing. But I was also like, you know, I get this like three dollar allowance. There is no way I am feeding it into a machine. When if I like wait a month, minutes. then I can like buy a Michael Jackson tape, right? Or or whatever you know i i have always had this like value thing where sticking a quarter in a video game was not enough roi Mm. for me i do like the um unlimited coins we can get at our local arcade right so we have an we have an arcade in our town and you can do like saturday morning cartoons and cereal and unlimited tokens and you get a wristband for like eight bucks or something and that's really i have fun playing video games but I am, I, you know, if I'm like, it's a quarter every time you screw up, I'm like, no. Yeah, and oh, totally. that's a thing for me, which is different from getting your console and sitting down with your quest game. Well, okay, so, so what we're doing with Little G is he's playing his way through the Lego Lord of the Rings game. Oh. But because we watched all the movies and I got the game from the library and... So the way we do it is we have the walkthrough up and when he gets stuck, instead of anyone getting frustrated, we just pause and we look and see what the walkthrough says we're supposed to do and then we move on. And then when we get stuck again, we look at the walkthrough. Again, it sounds like you want a book. Right. (laughs) 
So there's one computer game I ever like really played that was King's Quest VI. And like I got a guide for it that was like, here's the way yeah, to win it. And I just like need. read my way through and then played the game based on that. Yep. Yeah. Then it's more fun. We well, had a Nintendo when I was in college, and I remember, but the the thing, it, like, all broke down for me then, because, like, my roommate would be like, yeah, no, stop right there and jump, and you jump, and you, like, hit your head on an invisible thing, and you get coins, and I'm oh, like, yeah. how are you supposed to know that is there? And you I was just, play I was it, you have to play it enough times. Outraged. Yeah. And that, that, like, that right there, like, put me off. It's 1990, and I've never looked <laughs> back. And I'm done. Uh, I... I had a Game Boy, and I could play the Mario game on it through entirely in like an hour <laughs> by the time it was done. We were like, do 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 do. Um, there was something. Mm... Nope, I lost it. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're just so riveting. I was just. I'm just so mad at Nintendo. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was really good though. Yeah. What else did we got, Annie? I have the Night Circus on the books thing, which was not something I hated, but I just, like, I thought I would love a lot more, Mm -hmm. and it was this big thing, and I was like, Yeah, I haven't read it yet. My sister gave it to me. It's fine. Yeah. So the author... (laughs) The author was at the the Book Expo Random House Breakfast the spring before it came out. And she was so sweet. She was so nice. And then I didn't read it right away. And I listened to the audio because Jim Dale read it. Oh, see, maybe I'll I think maybe that would be a better experience. And, you know, I won't say that I adored it, but there were characters in it that are still with me. Okay. And I... Um, Where so, are they? But it's Jim Dale. They're right behind you. They're in the closet in the office. I mean, it's set in New England, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. So it's an interesting story, but I am always... I love stories of like books that seized people or didn't seize people i am so fascinated by that that's like the whole reader's advisory thing and i have a book that didn't seize me oh what was it it's it's the name of the wind by patrick rothfuss right people love that so people really like this book i think probably not anybody i know but (laughs) probably mostly men yeah I feel like I have not read that, but I'm pretty sure that Walt did, and he was like, eh, that's fine. It's it's definitely a book for men by a man. <laughs> There's like, at some point there are two female characters, and they may speak to each other, but I don't think they do. And one of them is definitely a manic pixie type. Mm-hmm. And forget that, it. that's it. Forget it. <laughs> And it's really long, and I was I finished it, well, and I was like, I don't want to read the next one. I'm I think no. I'm all set. I'm done. That's a lot of dudes all in one place. It really was a lot of dudes, and I have I spent a lot of my fantasy reading life reading books that had mostly dudes in them, and I'm yeah, not right. I really I don't need to do that. It's a lot of dudes on long walks. Yeah, like. If it's there's got to be more time spent for the ladies on long walks. Oh, dude! So the other one I have is um, Sarah McLean, the romance author, right? Which most of my romance loving friends who like historical romance love her stuff, love it so much, rave about it. I think she's a lovely person. She is, and a I have person. read m- multiple of her books, and I have wanted to throw them across the room. Every one of them, 
She was a smithy. She's in town sometimes. Really? I know. I know. Yeah. Like an actual smithy? I, right. <laughs> are there are there imposter smithies? Yeah, well, I hope so now. I hope there's somebody yes. goes into town and he's like, oh, I'm going to make all She has an this anvil smith. and everything. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure out why I don't like her books. And it's possible that I might like another one of her books if I picked it up. Like, I like slow burn fanfics where the people don't get together until the end. But in her books... They don't get together till the end, but they like sort of get together and then they decide they can't be together and then they sort of get oh. together and then they decide they can't be together and it's like to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done. I don't it's care. Cool. I don't care if you get together. I'm actively rooting for one of you to die. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like make the decision or like just don't just, be together. Yeah, so whatever it is about her style of, of tormenting her characters that just is not it's not appealing to me and and I am glad that many people have found her and I buy her books for my library and I wrote I will suggest them to people but it's not my cup of tea understandable and also I poisoned Aline <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't think you poisoned me I think that you're still I... in the middle of that one Right, no, I've got, I went off my, I went off my historical romance feed a while back. And I mean, I've had, I've been challenged in my reading mojo in general. And so I still love my historical romance people and I still have my master list, but I am easily five or six books behind on all of them. And so I can't really speak to that. What else have you got, Annie? So also on books, The Cat in the Hat, like... I was like so panicked by it as a child because I didn't like the idea that someone would break into your house and mess it up. So sorry, Dr. Seuss. It's like one of those classic things that I'm like, oh, yeah, that was real not for me. Yeah, you shouldn't you should not come to my work. Oh, no. <laughs> right. right. Feel- Dr. Seuss was born in Springfield. Yeah. yeah. And like, I feel like, okay, with him overall, like now I'm like, Oh, well, that's, that's supposed to be a fun thing for children, for cats to come in your house and destroy yeah, but then everything. There was that movie with Mike Myers. And I don't oh, think that yes. helped. No, that did not help at all. What you're saying, though, is something that I am really relating to. I have never and you know, I have a variety of, of concerns that have to do with my uh, need and desire for order and for things to be yeah. the way I think they ought to be. Totally. And I was like that as a small person. And I, none of, no stories filled with chaos appealed to me. And, you know, I mean, I remember The Cat in the Hat, but I, I don't remember um, it really sinking in. So part of my, part of my problem is that I was, I was reading before my memory began. And so I don't remember my first encounter with a lot of a lot of those books that you read when you're first learning to read. You know, and I'm a sucker for an orphan story like Harry Potter things, but I was always deeply unsettled by chaos. Yeah. And so I I can what you're saying about the cat in the hat is relatable even though I don't have a recollection of <laughs> not of not liking it. And I think, like, I can see a lot of children's books leaning in the way of chaos because there, there is something so, I think, fun about it for a lot of kids and, like, seeing this world in which you are told, you know, you have to be here and you don't understand why and then you're shuffled into another place and you don't understand why either that, like, something could explode that world right. in a fun way. 
but then like for kids who are very ordered and avoid the chaos then it's just like oh god no he's gonna come and he's gonna mess the house up Like, mom's going to come back and she's going to be so mad. Right? Yeah. Why did she even leave us alone? (laughs) Anna's looking at me with such sympathy right now. (laughs) Because, of course, she's like, let's make some chaos. Oh, man. Like the chaos methods versus the order methods. Yeah. Well, and I do live with, um, I do live with the cat in the hat. (laughs) (laughs) We do things. Because we feel like it. We don't always do things because we ought to, right? She Now she's looking full of consternation. I'm not wearing a hat. You're not wearing a hat right now because you have headphones on, but you usually have a hat on. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I figured out what this says. It says horror, but we've already addressed that in previous episodes. Oh, yeah. We talked about horror. What else do you... Do you have anything else on your list? No, Anna? that's it. I'm done. Annie, you besides bananas, what else would you like to yeah. share? I will throw out one more. Um, roller coasters I'm not a big fan of. I'm really like going uh, to amusement parks with friends in like middle or high school and like... Just watching avoiding them. Avoiding them. Yeah. yeah like, I, I would go I'll on a lot of... You. Like other rides, yeah, yeah. I'd be like I can hold stuff. I would never go on, never go on the roller coaster. The closest I ever got was the water ride. Yeah, totally. Water rides are like a good alternate, but not nothing that goes upside down. No, or... I mean, water rides never go upside down. No, <laughs> they don't. That's why I like them. And then maybe you get a little wet. Fine. So yeah, that's um, I think that's that's my list. That's a pretty sound conclusion. I feel pretty good about uh, the things that we don't get or uh, <laughs> yeah, that don't feel get passionate us. about. I don't, you know, I, I don't feel like we've upset any real great, you know, I, I don't feel like we've like shaken the foundations of our culture. The week starts on Monday. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- you know, I, f- I feel really good having shared this stuff. I feel yeah, like I feel, I like feel like a closer weight to you all. Really? I feel like you and Annie should have a play date where you talk about order and <laughs> yes, everything just works out according to plan, right? And plan things together. <laughs> this is good. We map this out in advance, and we all have a glorious time because of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we that could do that. Fine. And I, I can bring my book and we can make lists. <laughs> I'll hang out with the dog. That's fine. <laughs> oh, see, Bodo is definitely more of the chaos. So right. you and, love that. And I, you know, I love the chaotic things in my life. And sometimes I need to just, have yeah, you wanna be in order. I have any number of lists in yes. front of me. You do. Do you have a musical obsession, Annie? Um, so a little while ago, but sort of recently, saw the movie Sing Street. Oh my with... goodness, is it as adorable as it looks? It's so adorable. Oh, good. Very sad in parts, but also just like real fun. And the soundtrack is fantastic. And there's one song from it, uh, Drive It Like You Stole It, that's just so much fun. I, I love that. And then I would love a Tegan and Sarah cover of Ooh. that song. So it's like musical obsession and then wishful musical obsession wish list this is good anna do you have a musical obsession well so um i know i added classical music to the obsessions list last time but i'm gonna add it this time i'm gonna add the primavera part of the four seasons because it's been stuck in my head and then i got it stuck in little g's head too so (laughs) success and you know when it's the dead of winter, I yeah, think we need, we need something a little over there. Yeah, good one. 
How about Do we you, have fight song on the musical obsessions playlist? Probably. We can. I'll check. Okay. We can edit this out. <laughs> but <laughs> you, can, you can just say if it's not on there, you'll add it. That's fine. Okay. So if it's not on the musical obsessions playlist already, I am going to have to come back to fight song by fake Cl- Kelly Clarkson, <sighs> whose name I don't really know. Wait, Rachel Platten. That's her name. Platten. Is that? Is that the real the real person? I think for some sure reason that, I thought it was. Are you sure that's not the one who did um, Jar of Hearts? Nah, yeah, that's Christina Perry. Okay, I never, I can't keep them straight. Yes, yes. it's Rachel Platten. So correct. Rachel Platten's fight song. Now you know it's it's been this running joke with uh, a couple of my friends in Seattle where. A couple of years ago, we started calling her fake Kelly Clarkson because every time it would come on, I would be like, is this Kelly Clarkson? And Anna would yeah, be like, right? no, it's not Kelly Clarkson. And so we have this ongoing Twitter conversation where we shout lyrics back and forth. And every time one of us hears fight song, we are like, oh, hey, Paula and Jason, we heard fight song. And we're currently on a kick where we play it every day at least once. <laughs> We and haven't done it yet today. We've we haven't. No, yet. I was just thinking about that. We haven't heard fight song today, so we're going to have to play it. So yeah. we're going to put that on the Musical Obsessions playlist just because I love you all. And um, this is our fight song. Stand off the white song. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, do you have a regular obsession? So I think my regular obsession right now is the Olympic figure skating competitions. Ooh that have um, narrowed things down to the Americans and will be coming for all of the world. I like did some figure skating when I was younger, but I was never like good at it. Um, but I just really enjoy the world of figure skating and like used to watch it all the time with my aunt. And like now there's like Nathan Chen and uh, uh, Mira Nagasu and like all these adorable little like skating beans running around. So I'm very excited for the Olympics in that vein. They're coming. That's awesome. Coming. So our the episode we, re, we recorded previous to this one, our guest also brought up the Olympics. And Anna, okay. Anna is wild for the Olympics. And so I feel like everyone is pandering to her. <laughs> yes, thank you. But I also found out that one of my coworkers was a figure skater. Really? And I know I have to pick her brain and talk about this with you as well, because I'm all for figure skating. We were discussing our favorite Winter Olympics events the other night and little g said what's figure skating (laughs) and we were like oh my god oh my god and we both got our phones and we're like youtubing christy yamaguchi and surya banali and getting all excited anna what's your obsession (laughs) um so is it olympics related it's not olympics related it is i i have to go by the volume of times that i read parts of it out loud to ellie (laughs) and this is a book called How to Bang a Billionaire <laughs> by Alexis Hall. It is a gay romance set in England and the main character is uh, he makes so many cultural references that I was like, Ellen! He's talking about this! Uh, that I was just like just so delighted. It's definitely toward the BDSM end of the romance spectrum. But it didn't have it didn't have a ton of sex in it. It's a trilogy, and, I, and the third book isn't out yet. So I think I'll wait 
for it to come out before I read the next ones. But it was very sweet. Yeah. And so is, is this going to be maybe the basis for another like Colin Firth, Patrick Dempsey movie? That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, but yeah. One, of them, one, one, of them, young. one of them has to be like really like just graduated from college, and the oh, other one okay. is a young billionaire, a la Christian Grey, but and similarly messed up, but we don't know why yet. Huh. So. So younger guys. Yeah. Okay. We can work with that. Right. We'll be casting it later. Yeah. Oh, totally. So my obsession, if anybody's following me on Twitter, they may already know this. I woke up one morning and realized that I have been dehydrated for a couple of years now (laughs) because (laughs) after several years of working 10 steps from the nearest ladies room, I am now on a public service desk, a floor away from the staff restroom and am at a busy desk that I'm there all the time and I, it's hard to get away. And I have always been a person who was like, if I don't know where I'm going to pee next, I'm not drinking any water. Yeah. Right. Because I don't like to be looking for a bathroom. And so after being a really good hydrator, I have not been a very good hydrator. And I was like, okay, I'm going to download an app and I'm going to just sort of try to track my drinking water and see if I can get back on track. I did this years ago with a calorie counter and I really got a better idea of portion size and how I was fueling my body. So I decided to try this and I Googled best hydration apps and I only found one that was viable because I wanted it to be cute. I didn't want it to just be counting. It has to be cute, and it is cute. And it is cute. If you're going to look at it all the time, it should be aesthetically pleasing. Right. Well, I figure if they they don't have a kitten, then at least I want something. And so it's sort of a little gamified, but it's not very gamified. It's called Plant Nanny, and it's available for Android and iPhone. And I... I downloaded it and it asks you your weight and it asks you your lifestyle and it's basically like active versus sedentary. And sedentary all the way! <laughs> <laughs> and it tells you, okay, you need to drink this many ounces of water a day. And you can set it to milliliters if you are not American <laughs> because <laughs> Americans use ounces. And you can tell it, you can like tell it how big your cup is. So like I have a 24 ounce water bottle, so I have that in my cabinet of choices and I use a pint cup most of the time and then sometimes I have like an 8 ounce cup. But you you tell it how much you drank and it like the little plant smiles at you and it waves its fronds and after Aww. a few it's days adorable. it grows. It's super adorable Aww. and I'll link to it in the show notes and it's only been about 3 days. But I've already been doing a lot better drinking the water that I should each day. And uh, I figure I'll do it for a couple of weeks and then probably allow myself to govern my own existence again. But it's really a lot of fun to sort of catch on. It's adorable. That's all I I care about. (laughs) Yeah, right? I want a little plant to wave at me. Yeah, he's really cute. He's smiling at me right now because I only have eight more ounces to drink before I go to bed, and I will have one today. Congratulations. (laughs) Hey, we won today. We We made made it it to the end of our episode. Oh, my gosh. Good job, guys. We did it. We're awesome. Things I like. Finishing the episode. Indeed. (laughs) Without any technical failures. Quote knocking on wood. Yeah, I can't right. get the script to go down. There we go. Thanks for listening. 
You can find us on Twitter at BellwetherFriends. B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-S. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Tumblr! We're everywhere! Although we're not often on either of those places, to be <laughs> completely frank. Maybe we'll step it up. Uh, if you feel the urge, you can look us up on iTunes and leave us a review, which Annie has done. Yay! Annie I'm is glad, one of I, our For reviews. a second I was like, wait, did I do that? I think and you I was have. like, oh god. I'm pretty sure I I'm did. I'm pretty sure you did. I'm Anna. I haven't checked for years. <laughs> I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace. But I'm going to check as soon as this episode's over. Okay, good. H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I'm Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. Annie, tell us all of the places we can find you and Bodo. So many places. Um, so you can find me at most places at Annie Cardi, like AnnieCardi.com, Annie Cardi, uh, at Twitter, all of those social media things. And then um, my dog on Instagram mm-hmm. is Bodo the Dog, B-O-D-O the dog and i post pictures of him every day so you can see puppy he's the prettiest one in our household like i just take pictures of him now that's my life but then i share them with other people yeah thank you no problem thank you thank you for sharing your adorable fuzzy creatures as well and i have a podcast called crossover appeal and you can find us at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com or like look us up on the itunes and and that good stuff yes we're, so, yeah. we're for it. Yay! Thanks, guys. Highly recommended. Thank you so much for joining us, Annie. This was a lot of fun judging things Yay. that other people like. I am this I am for it in my general. secret love. <laughs> this is so, so much fun. I loved being on your podcast, and I love listening to your podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Our In and Out music was provided by Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H I M I S S J U L I E. Bye. Bye.